Welcome to the Art of Greatness podcast. My name is June Allen from JuneAllen.net and I teach black women how to heal from addiction to self-hate with racial sobriety and personal empowerment. The information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes. It's based on my experiences and is shared in good faith. So always consult your licensed mental health professional before applying any of the suggestions from me in this podcast. The vision is to help you heal and build your blackalicious life. Now on with the show. Greetings, greetings sisters, June Allen here. I am so excited that you are with me today to listen to this episode number 36 where we're going to be giving you, I'm going to be giving you a sneak peek inside the Sister Circle Book Club. So if you've been on the fence about joining us then, um, and I've been giving you sort of a bit of general stuff when I've talked on other um, live streams and broadcasts about what happens in the circle, but today I'm actually going to deep dive. I'm going to give you a really deep um, look at what we actually do in the circle and then hopefully you can change your mind and come and check us out, come and see what we're doing. So, so the first thing that we do when we come into the circle is um, we make sure that our phones and stuff are switched off and we get comfortable. There's loads of really comfy cushions and sometimes we have little blankets that we put on our feet. I take my shoes off, I, have, I bring my thick comfy socks with me um, and we just get comfortable. We get comfortable in the space and we, we, we have the um, dim lights as well just so we can really create an atmosphere of calm, of peace. There's always aromatherapy going. Um, I always bring music with me as well, really nice meditation music, African meditation music, to set the tone, to set the space, and to really help the sisters to know that this is their sacred sister time. It's a space for nurturing. It's going to be a time for really getting in touch with themselves um, and to really just to nurture each other and to hear each other. So... That's the first thing we do is we get comfortable. Then we introduce ourselves because sometimes there's new people in the group. So we, we obviously we want to know what each other's names are. So after we've done that really simple introduction, we go into um, a really gentle meditation. Now, the reason why the meditation is so important is because quite often, you know, sometimes if the trains have been delayed or if, if people have had stuff going on before they come in or they've been rushing or they're late or whatever, um, it can be... Um, yeah, they can come into the space a little bit, you know, anxious or a bit agitated or whatever, just from just bringing in from the outside whatever happened to them before they reach the space. So in order to make that transition into their sacred sister time, we do a really gentle body meditation. And it just really gives people an opportunity, sisters an opportunity to just feel fully grounded inside the space. And we go through each section of the body um, just to just to release any tension and to just really just reset the space so they know that they really feel present inside the space. So that feels, you know, that feels really, really nice just to get people, um, yeah, just to get people present inside the space. Then what normally happens after that is um, if there's any new people that, you know, that haven't necessarily been following um, me on social media or whatever, or that don't really know that much about me, I, I normally um, just give people an idea of my, my story and why I set up the space. And I, you know, I talk about, you know, my story around addiction and how I um, how I managed to set up the space. Now, for the, if you're listening to this broadcast and you've not heard my story at all, 
Um, I came into addiction recovery in 2009. Um, now, I wasn't addicted to substances. I was addicted to people. I was addicted to dysfunctional relationships. I kept finding myself in relationships and spaces and situations that weren't healthy for me. And, you know, I found myself in relationships that were abusive. I just found it very, very difficult to build relationships. I had a terrible relationship with myself. I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of self-hate and I didn't understand what was happening. So I went into recovery for um, relationship addiction, for codependency. And I went through an amazing um, process um, where, for those of you that don't know a lot about 12-step recovery, there are literally different things that you have to do for each step. And you have to answer a set of questions. You have to attend meetings. Um, and it's just a really gentle process of self-love. Um, and the 12 steps take you through different aspects of your life. Some of it's to do with your past. Some of it's to do with your present. Um, and you really begin. That's to me, the 12 step process is a really deep dive into how to understand yourself, how to understand how your past has got you to where you are today. That was an amazing process for me. And that's where I really learned the basics of um, what it means to love yourself and what it means to um, to be in a good relationship with other people. I understood it. I began to understand why I found relationships so difficult and why I found them so hard. Um, and you have a sponsor and stuff throughout this process as well. A sponsor is somebody who's already been through the process or is a few steps ahead of you who takes you through the questions and that you speak to that person regularly. You share your, you know, your wins, you share your troubles and they just share about their experience. They share suggestions on how you can improve certain things. So that relationship for me was very, very powerful because that was the first time I actually learned how to trust somebody. Um, but what happened as well in that, in that situation, my sponsor that I had in my, in my first set of steps in recovery was a white woman. And at the time I didn't, I hadn't really touched any of the conversations or any of the things around my blackness or my racial sobriety or anything like that. And it's only until after I finished working the steps that I realized like, oh my God, I have so much pain and shame around being a black woman. Oh my God, it was just so painful. It was so painful. And I knew that I couldn't continue the work with this white woman. I knew that I had to start to, to branch out. And it was then that I decided to get myself um, a black therapist. Um, and I just started to talk to a lot more other black people about what it means to be in recovery. And what I learned throughout that process is that, um, you know, the reason why I was in the state that I was in is because, you know, there was a link between addiction and racism. There was a link between my codependency and racism. There was a link between my self-hate and my racism. And as I read more books um, and as I, you know, continued in therapy and then continued to have these, these, powering, these empowering conversations, I learned that the reason why I struggled so much in relationships and why so many other black people struggled in relationships is because, you know, my ancestors who, you know, came off the plantations in Jamaica didn't go into any therapy. So they left the plantations with all this trauma and... Um, None of them went to therapy so that, you know, what they don't understand or heal just gets recycled. It just gets recycled. So I learned that the reason why there was so much pain and stuff in my family is because a lot of that stuff was unhealed. And it was such an empowering thing to be able to really understand that stuff and then to start to begin to process my racial pain. And so as a result of my healing, as a result of all of the stuff that I went through, I created a this platform 
for you to be able to do the work that I had to, you know, that took me years to figure out, took me years to figure out, took me years to process. You know, I'm still very much active in recovery. I'm still very much, um, you know, going to therapy and all the rest of it because it's an important part of my healing. And in order to serve you in an empowering way, I have to continue with my process. So for those of you that weren't, that, that are not aware of me, that don't know my, my story, that's just a little bit of, you know, how I got to where I am. But I absolutely love what I do and I'm really enjoying um, seeing other sisters, um, you know, go through their own healing journey and, and become empowered and start to, you know, wake up to their own um, truths and to begin to take the journey back home to themselves. That's, that's just a wonderful part of the thing that I get to witness um, in this space. So, you know, for anybody that's new that comes to the circle, I, I always like to give them a little bit of um, detail around my story so they understand that, you know, I'm not just here just kind of, you know, telling them things. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually speaking from experience a lot of the time and how, you know, I'm still actually going through my own process of healing. Um, and I share, I share and um, I teach as I learn and I'm still growing. I'm still very much growing. So that's it. So then we do the origin story. And then after that, um, you know, I share a brief uh, preamble as to why we're here. And um, and then um, we talk about the characteristics of self-hate. Now, this is so important because if you don't understand how your own self-hate manifests itself, you're not going to be able to heal it. You're not going to be able to heal it. So we talk about the, you know, there's 12 different characteristics of self-hate and, um, yeah, there's there's so many different things actually that, that that we go, but that's there's actually more than twelve. There's a lot more, um, but there's 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 one, two, three, four, five sections actually. There's five different different sections. There's um, there's ways that we deprive ourselves. There's ways that we deny ourselves. There's ways that we abandon ourselves. There's ways that we control ourselves and other people. And there's shame. Um, and for each of those sections, there's more detailed things inside there um that really do um help us to identify how we um act out our self-hate because everybody's different everybody's different in the way that they deal with their pain and so just having um these characteristics is really going to help you to identify exactly where you uh, how you deal with your pain you know and it's also an opportunity to understand that you're not alone because a lot of times people don't you know, they don't want to really look at these characteristics because they're ashamed and they think that, oh, maybe I'm the only one that does that. Well, actually, no, you're not the only one that does that. So reading out these characteristics can sometimes be a bit of a shock to people. Um, but also there's also relief that comes with it because people then really do understand like, oh, my gosh, I do that. And I know I'm glad that I'm not the only one that does that. So the characteristics of self-hate, you know, yes, it's, it can be difficult to to listen to them. But they really do um, give you clarity. You know, they give you a lot of clarity. And um, so after that, we've read out the um, the characteristics of self-hate. We um, we talk about the tools for empowerment. So once you learn about how you, you know, how you act out your black self-hate, then you get the tools. So this is how we get to live in the solution. We live in the solution by having tools. So I'm not going to read them all out. But I'm just going to read you, um, I'm going to read you the first, um, I'll read you the first three. So then you have enough, you, you can get a bit of an understanding as to, as to, you know, what the tools are. So, um, okay, so the first bit it says, it says, healing begins when we risk stepping out of isolation to explore the personal impact of our oppression. 
We use these sacred sister tools to transcend our challenges, set boundaries and nurture our black girl bliss. So number one is sacred sister time. We prioritise time in our daily schedules for sacred sister time. This gives us the space to explore where we are and what we need. Number two is gentleness. Healing takes time, so we patiently and lovingly learn how to parent ourselves. When we are gentle and tender, we're easily guided by our higher self, our inner mother, our ancestors and the creator as you understand it. Number three is writing. For many of us, we, learn, we first learn to tell the truth through our journal writing. In this space, we use our heart work or homework questions to build emotional literacy. As we feel on paper, we form a deeper sense of self. So that's just three tools and there's actually, there is actually 12 of those. Um, and these are great because depending on how you, um, you know, how your black self-hate manifests itself, you can use several of these tools that are going to be able to deal with, with, you know, with, with any of the, any of the ways that you act out your, um, your self-hate. So this actually helps you to start empowering yourself. You're not looking externally for some, for other people to kind of stop their behavior so that you feel safe. These tools are what you can do for yourself. And these help you to connect to yourself, to get to know yourself, to process how you feel. If you're having difficult feelings, there's, there's tools in here that help you process difficult feelings. You know, these are the tools that are going to empower you to keep healing. And there's always something that you can do to take care of yourself because that's what self-love is. It's ultimately about taking care of yourself. So these tools are really, really important. I love them. So, you know, if you really want to get the rest of the tools, then you can come to the sister circle and obviously you'll hear the other 12. There is also um, a, a, a sacred sister circle starter pack as well, which has got all of the things that I've read out, the characteristics, the tools, um, the promise, the sacred uh, promises of, of sacred self-love, all of them, they're all in the, in the pack. So if you go to sistercircle.juneallen.net, you'll find the link to, um, to be able to get the starter pack as well. If you're already in the circle and you want them or you're just starting, you can go there and get them there. So after we've read the tools for empowerment, we read the book, we read, the, we read some of the text. Now, we're currently reading um, Sisters of the Yam, Black Women and Self-Recovery by Bell Hooks. And we always, I, mean, I wanted to be intentional about reading one chapter in the actual sister circle itself, because what I realised what happened is, um, you know, some people had read it, some people hadn't, some people felt guilty about not reading it. And, you know, I've seen this happen in, oh, this is what I've, what's happened in other book clubs that I've been in. People not, don't necessarily read it. So, um, and then it kind of, you know, it kind of makes it a bit it just, it just makes it a bit difficult, uncomfortable or whatever in the space. So what I find is if people actually, when we read the text together, we only read one chapter. Well, it depends on how long the chapter is. If it's really short, then maybe I'll do two chapters. But um, no, most of the time we're just reading one chapter. Um, I'm finding that just reading the text out loud. So somebody's just, you know, we, we, we take it in terms to read. We might just read a couple of paragraphs each or whatever and then just pass it on to the next person. Um, I find that I notice that we're, we're all present together in within the content. We're present within the text and it just feels nice. And sometimes um, one of the ladies was saying that sometimes hearing somebody else read, read a part of the text out loud, um, it just sounds different to them. Because sometimes some of the ladies have said that they've read the, you know, they've read the chapter before they come to the session anyway, just so they can get an idea of what it's about. 
Um, but then hearing it read out again by somebody else in the session, it just sometimes it just it just hit, it just sounds different. It just sounds different. Or maybe they'll get something else out of the session that they didn't get before. So that's something that's been um, really great about actually reading the session, reading the, the, the chapter in the session itself itself. It also means that when people share back um, around the text as well, that it's current. You know, because we've all read the chapter, we've all heard it, we've all absorbed it, we've all got our own thoughts and feelings about it. So when it when it comes to sister sharing time, um, it's, it feels more current, it feels more current. And that makes the sharing space so much more powerful, so much more powerful. And also because we read the tools and the characteristics and all the rest of it as well, and then we read the text, it kind of helps to get it all into context because whatever we read in the text you know, there's the, there might be a tool from, from the empowerment list that we can use to deal with that thing that we've read in the text. Because in the text, you know, she does often refer to, you know, this, the, a lot of pain in black families. Sometimes she refer, refers to abuse. You know, there were so many different topics that come up in the text. Um, and sometimes that can be really hard to hear. But having, um, you know, a balance between the self-hate and the, the empowerment tools and the character, not the characteristics, the, the characteristics, the tools and um, the promises it helps to give balance because then we're not stuck in the victimhood. We're not stuck in the pain because we do have things that we can use from the from the tools that are going to help us to process those things. So reading the chapter um, in the session, I found that really, really powerful. So you don't need to read the. You know, people always ask me that as well. You know, well, I haven't read it. I haven't read it. You know, I haven't read the rest of it. Do what, can I still come? Yes, you can still come because it's relevant. It's still relevant. And because we're not just reading the text, you can still come and share what's current in that particular text if for some reason that you miss a session or you're new and you've missed a couple of weeks or whatever and there's specific chapters information that you want to you want to get um you want to get some some uh, details or reflections on past chapters with there is an opportunity as well if you go to sistercircle.juneallen.net you can actually buy those audios i've actually created some um reflections and along with the heart work I just talked you through the questions and I also talk about um, the, the issues that have come up out of the, um, the chapter and also the stuff that's come up um, with the sisters around that particular chapter. So I've, I do another recording as part of the heart work and I sort of dive deeper into the questions that we don't always have the time to go into in much depth in the actual session itself. So if you want those reflections, you can go to sistercircle.juneallen.net and you can get them there. OK, so... Um, yeah, so we read the chapter and that is that is really, really powerful. And then after we've read the chapter, then we go into the sister sharing. Um, now, the sister sharing is, you know, it's, it's, it's so empowering because just hearing other people share their truth and having other sisters witness, you know, their experience is very, very powerful. And one of the things that I am really, really big on around the sharing is making sure that the space is really boundaried. Now, what I say about say about that is um, the importance of understanding that many of us grew up in homes where our feelings were minimised, our feelings were ignored, we were ridiculed, we were shamed for having feelings and for speaking up. So as a result of that, a lot of us, we kind of doubt ourselves, we shame ourselves and we kind of shut down um, our natural human need to kind of express ourselves, to express our thoughts and feelings. And so when we get into a space, especially if we've had, um, uh, you know, in the previous podcast, I talk about 
fear around sorry black women that were bullied by other black women and, and that and the anxiety around that the anxiety around dealing with other black women that, that this is all the more reason why having boundaries around the sharing space is more important because it's important that the ladies understand that um when they speak their truth that they're not going to be judged and they're not going to be ridiculed and they're not going to be um shamed for having an opinion you know the the sharing space is that sister's experience and we respect each other's experience even if we don't agree with it and it's not a situation where you know we don't allow sisters to comment on what other people have said either that's what we call in recovery crosstalk because then that that um can create anxiety for other sisters um it creates anxiety around thinking that maybe you know they're going to feel ashamed or whatever if somebody questions something that they've said so we accept in the group that um, crosstalk is not acceptable. Now, crosstalk, you can define it as, um, we define it as advice giving, criticising, making comments about what others have said if you're questioning it or interrupting a sister while she's speaking um, or speaking directly to a sister rather than to the group as a whole. The whole point of sharing your truth is to stay in the I statements. I feel, I did this, my family. Keeping that boundary around your sharing means that you know, you're not actually, um, you, you're just keeping the focus on your own healing process. You're keeping the focus on your own healing process. Yes, there are going to be, you know, collective experiences that we identify with and stuff like that. But in order to keep the space really, really safe, it's important that we keep those boundaries around sister sharing. And that actually builds trust. It builds a lot of trust because then people, they, they can share more honestly because they know that they're not going to be shamed or interrupted or minimised or anything like that. So that is really, really important. So we have a, a, a crosstalk statement um, that we read out before we go into the sister sharing. And then the sisters then, you know, once we've read the crosstalk statement, then everybody can get, you know, they have like a few minutes each to be able to share their truth on um, how they felt about what this, what the, um, you know, what the text was about. And that was really beautiful. It's just, you know, it's just really great just hearing, hearing the sisters progress. Sometimes there are tears and, you know, we allow the sister to be vulnerable in that space. Um, and we just, we, we just hold her in that space, not physically, but we just allow the sister to have that experience. You know, I always bring a box of tissues with me, um, you know, in the space because, it's just what happens when we're sharing about things that sometimes can be very difficult. So, yeah, there's always tissues there. But just allowing you to have that experience and just allowing other sisters to witness what's happening to you without actually interrupting or being, you know, just showing kindness and being empathetic to a sister that is sharing is just a really beautiful thing. And I, and I love that space. I love that space of, of trust and vulnerability that's being built in the circle. So if you feel an anxious around you know, healing with other black women, you know, I really encourage you to, to try the space out because those boundaries are there to keep you safe. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just a really beautiful thing. It's just really, really, really beautiful thing to, to see how that happens. So each sister has an opportunity to share. Um, and that's really, really great. So after we've had the sister sharing, then we read the promises of sacred self-love. Now the promises of sacred self-love are really important because how are you going to know if you're not used to what it means to love yourself how are you going to know what it looks like how are you going to actually know when you love yourself you don't you don't know you're not going to know and so having the promises it actually gives you a hope it gives you a goal it gives you something to look forward to and then 
when you read the promises, you go, oh my God, I feel like that. That means I love myself. Yay. That means I love myself. Then you know, then what you're doing is, is right. What you're doing is working. So you have a benchmark. You have a benchmark to work towards. Um, so let me read you some of the promises. Um, okay, so the promises of sacred self-love. When we commit to a life of revolutionary self-love, our life experiences can be transformed with sacred black girl bliss. Number one, we have the capacity to love others without abandoning ourselves. We feel lovable, loving and loved. We accept the depth of our emotions without being controlled by them. We create experiences which bring more beauty, fun and pleasure into our lives. Racial intimacy will grow as we explore and reclaim our culture. As we learn to trust the guidance of our higher power and ancestors, we also trust the greatness within ourselves. I could go on, there's, tw- there's 12 of those, but I'm not going to read out all 12 today. But just to give you an idea of what, you know, sitting in your sacred self-love feels like these are the promises this is what happens when you do the work this is what happens when you trust the process and allow yourself to to take a risk you have to take emotional risks when you do the healing work that's just part of it you know but you learn how to take those risks in a way that feels safe for you so you yes you make yourself vulnerable and yes there may be times when things go wrong or whatever but you as you begin to love yourself and learn how to set boundaries and learn how to you know, trust yourself and take care of yourself in spaces with other black women, you, you, you'll know how to take care of yourself. You won't feel so devastated when things go wrong because you go, okay, I'm not responsible for how that person behaves, but I can love myself by doing X, Y, and Z. That's what the space is about. It teaches you, you know, helps you understand your pain. And then it gives you the tools to work through the pain, how to deal with the pain. And then it gives you these promises to let you know what to, what you've got to look forward to and to help you identify what sacred self-love really feels like. So that's the promises. So we go through the, um, the promises of sacred self-love and that's always a really great one to do. It's always really nice to do that at the end of the, um, towards the end of the session. So after we've read that out, I have a series of um, really, really beautiful affirmations um, that the sisters can choose one to take with them, um, that take home with them. So it could be, you know, I, um, I am gentle with myself as I grow. Um, you know, I am the hope of my ancestors, just really beautiful, simple things that they can take home with them. Um, and to begin to remember why they came and, and, and to, and to stick with the self-love, to stick with that. So that's, that's actually really beautiful. Again, all of the affirmations as well that we share in the group, they're also in the um, the Sacred Sister Circle Starter Pack. So if you go to sistercircle.juneallen.net, you can get all the details there for the Starter Pack. So after we've done um, our affirmation for the week, um, I go through a bit of housekeeping. We'll talk about, you know, what the date is for the next um, the next session. Um, I also give them details as to when the heart work is going to be released via email, details about if they can work with, you know, if they want to work with me one on one. If you'd like to work with me one on one, you can go to callme.juneallen.net. Also details about the um, we have a private Facebook group. And also, if you're not on social media, there's also a private WhatsApp group. So we continue those conversations inside the groups. We, you know, we share inspirational things and 
it's just a really nice opportunity to be able to just stay connected to people in between because at the moment um the book club is only happening on a monthly basis but you know depending on how many people how it grows because obviously this is still quite a relatively new thing that we're doing um you know it could increase so stay close to the page the sistercircle.juneallen.net page if it does increase but at the moment they're they're um they're once a month in person. If you are interested in um, joining the Sister Circle um, and having a virtual session, send me a DM, send me an email, info at yardofgreatness.com because there's a few people that have said to me because of childcare issues or whatever that they'd love to come to the Sister Circle but they just can't, you know, they can't get out. They can't get out because of childcare or whatever. Or maybe they don't live in this country, they don't live in the UK or don't live in London. Um, and so I am actually also thinking about doing a virtual book club as well. Um, same thing, same, same setup, but it would just be done online. So if you're interested in being part of that conversation, um, send me an email, infoeguardofgreatness.com, and we will take it from there. So the last thing that we do as part of the Sister Circle is we have a meditation. I love this part of the session because it just helps people to it just grounds them. It grounds them because sometimes we talk about things that may be quite difficult. And this meditation is um, a meditation that just helps to send each other, ourselves, um, lots of lots of love. So it's a visualization. It's a visualization. And so I have the, the sisters kind of picture themselves in a really safe place and you know I call in different ancestors and I'm not going to give it give too much away because I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for those that are already there but you know trust me when I say you know it is a really really beautiful space and I've had so much feedback you know from some of the sisters saying oh my god that I love that meditation that you do at the end I love the fact that you bring the ancestors into it and you know oh it's just yeah it's just really really amazing it's just really really amazing space to be able to do that so that just gives them an opportunity I like to fill them up with the energy fill them up with it with a loving energy before they go back out into the world and just to help them know and understand how much they're loved and how much they're appreciated and and how you know to take the energy from that space out into the world and out into the week and beyond until we have until we meet up again so so that's it that is your sneak peek inside the sister circle I really hope that those of you that are sitting on the fence, those of you that are not sure, that might be a bit anxious about, oh no, I'm not sure if I want to go and sit with those ladies, come and try it. Just come and try it. Come and try it. If you're new and you would like to try it, just send me an email, infoatgodofgreatness.com, and I have a special gift for you. I will give you a special rate. So yeah, email me, infoatgodofgreatness.com, and um, in the subject line, um, put sister sister s-i-s-t-a in the subject line and um i will deal with those emails as a priority so you can get into the circle so thank you so much for joining me today i've really enjoyed spending this time with you i really hope that has given you some insight into the healing process that we take inside the circle we love reading the bell hooks book she's so honest and amazing and truthful and she just gets, you know, she just doesn't pull any punches around our healing. So the book is just a wonderful example of, you know, how we can honour our scholars, honour our people who are doing so much to, you know, to, for us to heal as black people and to take that work, to take that work and to just package it up into something 
you know, like I've done today in this session to help you to understand what it means to love yourself and to heal. So thank you so much for joining me and um, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much. Goodbye. This podcast is sponsored by the Sacred Sister Circle Book Club, where we're studying Sisters of the Am, Black Women and Self-Recovery by Bell Hooks. This is no ordinary book club. In addition to studying the text, we also look at the 12 characteristics of black self-hate, the 12 tools for empowerment and the 12 promises of self-love. There are also in-person and virtual options. So if you're interested in joining us for this amazing sacred boundary space, then go to sistercircle.juneallen.net. That's sistercircle.juneallen.net. That's sistercircle.juneallen.net. I hope to see you there. Bye.